You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Today's episode of Uncorking a Story is brought to you by the Michael Carlin novel, Winning Streak. You can buy a Winning Streak in ebook or paperback versions wherever books are sold online. Enjoy the show. Welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin, and today I'm pleased to share with you my interview with author Patricia Fuqua, the founder of Dating Diamonds, a service that empowers women to meet the right man the second time around. She's the creator of the First Date to Soulmate program, and since 2008, she's helped over 500 women meet the right man by designing a personalized plan that she helps them implement. And you'll be happy to know that she's polished the art of relationship in her 40-year marriage to her soulmate husband. Her clients can be found in major cities, including Sydney, Washington, D.C., Sacramento, and San Francisco. And she mentors women to use the story of their lives to create the relationship they choose the second time around. I, I mean, it's, it's kind of overwhelming to think of being married to somebody for 40 years. Of course, my parents, Don and Arlene Carlin, have been married, God, now it's 61, going to be 62 years this October. And, you know, as somebody who's, who's been married, uh, this summer will be 19 years. Yeah, anyone who's been in a relationship that long just knows how hard it is. Um, so, you know, I, I hope uh, one day my wife does not need Patricia's services <laughs> looking for love the second time around. Um, you know, I say that somewhat jokingly. Um, but, you know, this, this talking to Patricia today reminded me of uh, a project I did, which I guess I do reference in the interview, so you're going to hear it again. But um, I work, you know, in addition to being an author, you know, uh, six books out there, I run market research studies all over the country. And I'm not talking about, you know, those boring surveys you, you, many of you take for like five bucks or whatever. You know, I'm talking about the real deal, you know, sit in a room with a bunch of strangers and lead a conversation. That's what I do. So it actually got me into, into being an interview and, and starting this podcast. But I was hired by a brand um, who wanted to better understand the lives of women who are uh, recently divorced, recently single, and then dating in their 40s. Um, there was a number of reasons why they wanted to do that. They had a, a brand tie-in with the TV version of a very popular novel called The Starter Wife. And what they were trying to do is get away from being this brand that was what grandmothers used. I mean, think about it. When you think of this brand, who I won't name, you know, you immediately think of your grandmother. I mean, that's, that's everybody says the same thing when, when, they, when they talk about this brand. So I was hired to understand um, what women in their 40s who are recently dating, um, we're going through because this brand wanted to position itself towards those women because of the tie-in with this made-for-TV movie, uh, which actually starred Deborah Messing. Anyway, um, 
you know, I, I ran a number of, of focus groups with women, and here, here I am, you know, a young guy at the time. This was probably about 10 years ago, so it was early 30s. And, you know, I'm sitting here listening to these women talk about um, their relationship arcs. So they, they were kind of talking a little bit about being uh, married and then being absolutely shell-shocked when, um, when they went through the divorce process. But then something really interesting happened, and all of them shared kind of the same theme. You know, they, they, they wound up finding themselves again. Um, you know, after, after that kind of period, you know, of, after the bomb was dropped, so to speak, you know, they, they all kind of got, got back on their feet and, and started to enjoy life again in a way that they didn't think was possible. Um, you know, many, many did, you know, similar things in terms of, you know, uh, you know, just being open to exploring new relationships, taking their health a little bit more seriously. And they wound up, um, they wound up having a lot more fun in life. Um, but they all mentioned the same thing, which is kind of the challenge of, you know, finding love again, because they all wanted to find someone to spend their lives with and share their lives with. Um, even if it wasn't someone they were going to marry, just someone to kind of be there with them. And, you know, kind of in the, in the, in the online dating scene, which many of them were kind of thrust into, um, that was, that was a bit challenging. So as as I was talking to Patricia and, and listening to you know her talk about you know her strategies for helping women find love the second time around that that story kind of came to my mind so enough about me of course i have a tendency to make these things about me sometimes and they're not they're really about my guest and my guest today again patricia fuqua uh who is about to teach you all about uh, finding love the second time around Well, you know, it's funny. One of the things I'm curious about is how somebody with, you know, because I, I looked up your educational background, so a master's degree in American literature, um, as well as adult, uh, you have an adult education credential. How does how does somebody with that background get into the relationship business? Well, it started when I was a, a working career mother with young girls, and when they grew up to be teenagers, my charmed life took a, a spin. Um, it got to be really crazy for me personally. So it wasn't until I discovered that I had a choice on how I looked at uh, situations and their personalities, and I could be happy despite all the turmoil, emotional turmoil they were going through and the choices they were making with boyfriends and so on and so forth. And I decided that I could choose to have a conversation with them to kind of speed along their uh, learning curve about the psychology of men. Mm-hmm. And when I did that, I started to feel happier because I could just talk to them and they could hear. And those are some of the conversations that were the most um, they were the most attentive. Yeah. <laughs> I've never seen such attention when I was talking to them. All their eyes were on me. And so um, I said, oh, I might have something here. Because for me, I was um, intuitive about relationship. And so I've been in the same one for over 40 years. And, and whenever I feel that I need to have a conversation, that's what I do. And I ask for what I want. He asks for what he wants. And if we can... Uh, deliver we do and if we can't we say we can't and then we move on to option b these girls didn't have that clue so it was like okay kids you don't have to just uh be a doormat to anybody and so i said well 
I'm ready for a career change and I'm wanting to get more involved with the, with the relationship dynamic principles. And I think I have something here. So I went on the um, national, well, not the national, but the whole life expo circuit. And I've always been intuitive. So I picked up and used that particular skill to support women to make choices that would bring them more happiness in relationship. One day I broke the records for helping people in this particular fair. And it was amazing because they were lined up and they just kept coming, coming, coming. So it was like a record breaking sales day for me. So I said, well, I think I have something here. And that's how I got into it. Um, It just kind of evolved organically like that. And I've been doing it ever since, evolving it. You know, I've written a book, Manifesting Your Soulmate, using spiritual principles. And this that was in 2008 when I first started it. And then um, 2018, I've written the second book, um, second time around, How to Date Your Right Man Blueprint. And there's probably more books in there, but right now I'm um, on those two. Wow. And so that's... Yeah my service contribution to other women. I, I'm the, the the latest book that you wrote about uh, that you wrote rather. Um, I'm curious because I read something on the back cover which which I wanted to ask you about, which is um, it, it says have a love affair with the divine and your partner will come to you. When your life partner will come to you. Tell me a little bit more about that and and where where the spiritual nature of it comes into play. The spiritual nature comes into it because we are. Spirit, spiritual beings having a human experience in my belief system and basically the universe god create the creator wants us to be happy and so whenever we ask for something whether it's because we're focusing on a particular thought or thing that we want or a person or situation we're usually given it immediately but there's a, a block and a delay time for it showing up because we block it through our negative feelings or thoughts or belief systems. And so it has to do a lot with mindset. And so when I say fall in love with the divine, it's about being aware that we're spiritual beings and that we have the power of choice. We can feel happy and find something to appreciate in any situation. So the universe will say, oh, you like that? We'll give you more. And so as a result... You can, women, men too, can find things that they appreciate and uh, are grateful for in any situation. And they'll get more of that to appreciate. A lot of people think that, oh, if I complain bitterly about what I don't like about something, then the universe will give me something that I really enjoy. But that's wishful thinking. It doesn't work like that. You have to have that appreciation, that gratitude first so that there's that communication set up and they know it knows exactly what it is that you really prefer. And is there, is there almost a danger? I mean, if, if you're saying, you know, if you're, you know, to, to put out there what it is you do want and it'll, and then it'll, you know, you'll, you'll be attracted to it or it'll be attracted to you is, is the opposite true. So if you're, if you're, if you're always focused on what you don't want, is there a fear that, that that will be coming into your life is so is the opposite true yes 
you know, whatever it is that we focus on, that is what we are bringing into our life experience. And whether it's negative or positive or um, something that you desire or something that you don't desire, if you spend a lot of time thinking about it, that's what you attract more of. And so it's, you know, you've heard that expression, be careful what you think about or ask for. It's, it's simply that principle in action. And so when I work with my clients, when they get it right, um, it looks like this. Well, so- One of my clients knew that there was someone out there for her, for her. And she was, you know, had this feeling that, um, like the Southerners say, there's a lid for every pot. So she was sitting at an outside cafe in our little Silicon Valley here and just looking radiant and beautiful and confident as I had asked her to always look whenever she went out anywhere. And a man was driving by, stopped the car, parked it, came over and sat down next to her as if he were a best friend, introduced himself and said, you know, they had a conversation. And at the end of the conversation, because she was trained to ask him questions and in a very charming, delightful way to find out what values he has, if he's the right man and so on and so forth. But done in such a way that it's just conversational. So it's not like a job interview. At any rate, at the end of it, he had a napkin and he put his telephone number on it and passed the napkin to her and said, well, if you want to continue this conversation, just give me a call. And she said, okay. And so they've been together for six years. And it can happen like that out of the blue when you have the right vision and you know how to show up, you're in love with the divine, you expect it to happen. All of those things need to be a place, of course with the help of someone who's pointing out to you when you've taken your mindset away from creating what you want. Well, let's, let's take a step back because I I know that your, your practice um, is, is uh, focused number one, primarily on women and specifically, it's not just all women, but specifically people looking for love the second time around. So I'm curious, how did you come up with that as, as a real target, you know, versus, Anybody out there who's, you know, in the dating, dating world or dating scene or, or, or something like that, why the second time around? The second time around is um, my emphasis because by that time people have had enough variety about what they don't want so that they do have an idea of what they do want. And it's uh, a bit easier to get the vision around what they do want. And so then the work becomes easier because now – We focus on, okay, so what is it that you want to experience in this relationship? They've had enough experiences of what they did not desire or did not enjoy. And so now it's like, okay, let's just go really positive. Let's use your emotions and your beliefs and your experiences, your story, to create the next relationship where you you have what you desire. So it's almost like you have a built-in audience of people who who have kind of ruled out, you know, things that they that they don't want. Um, so, so your task is to help them attract what they do want into into their lives. Exactly. So, if you had to paint a picture of your um, favorite type of client, who who is she? What who is that favorite type of client of yours? 
My favorite type of client is the one that I've written about in the book, Second Time Around. Um, it's a case study about Danny, who is a woman who has spiritual practices and, and background. She believes in meditation. She's a woman who has launched her children into college or their careers. She's comfortable in her own career. And now she's looking around saying, okay, where's my man? Where's my life partner? You know, because I want to have some fun now with my own, in my own personal life. But I really don't know what to do because I haven't been uh, dating for, you know, maybe 10, 15 years. Or I have been dating and I haven't been that happy because I don't know how to um, select men or people who are kindred spirits. And so I don't even really know about dating online or any of those things. So this woman just needs some guidance and help in clarifying her vision and and setting up her online profiles if she chooses to do that and just having a strategy to meet and attract the right fellows so that she can grow the relationship with one of them in the direction that she wants and what what do you tell her i mean what what's what's the some of the first things that you you know, what advisor, if, so, so for example, if, if you were talking to her right now, like picture me with longer hair and, and a prettier face, um, what would you, you know, and if, if I'm coming to you and I'm that favorite type of client, what are some of the first things you're going to tell me? Well, first of all, we're going to have a conversation about um, what is your goal? What is your vision? And then we're going to find out what kind of things, thoughts, beliefs are blocking you from getting that vision. So why don't you have it yet? And then we'll talk about what my work can do to help you reach that goal and see if we're compatible to work together. And so once we decide those things, then I can take her through my first date to soulmate program And that can take anywhere from eight weeks. And if she's very, very busy, then I can do it for her. It becomes matchmaking. But uh, that's that's what we have to do initially. We have to have a a discovery session, a love discovery session to see uh, what her vision is, what may be blocking her, how we can work together to clear that up so that she can just uh, meet the guy and, and have a happy life and relationship. Right. I mean, one of the things you say is that, um, you know, you can you can help people understand from a single conversation if somebody isn't right for you. So I, I just have to know, like, how, how can you tell from one conversation if, if somebody's not right for you? Generally, it's about having done the work for yourself to explore what's important to you and being able to have conversation starters to um, pull that information out of the other person. Remember I told you about Danny sitting at the outside cafe. She had a whole list of conversation starters to find out what was, what makes this man tick, what he valued. A lot of the problems are that, uh, that women are having is that they have certain things that they feel are important and the men don't have that agreement. And so, you know, there's a clash 
and it doesn't work out because that common values are the things that hold relationships together. They're the glue that keep people together. Mm-hmm. And if you don't share them, then, you know, it's, it's not about a long-term relationship necessarily. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. So that's basically what I do after, after we've established the vision and what she wants to experience, if she wants to feel pampered, privileged in this relationship, whatever it is that she's wanting to feel, then we have to establish the questions that she can ask in conversation to bring herself closer and closer to the right fella. Because not everybody is going to share those key values that she has and why why spend time with people who won't work out yeah. over the long term? Not that I've used any of these services because um, I've been I've been in a committed relationship now for twenty five years, a quarter of a century. It's been a long time. Yeah, yeah. Um, Congratulations! <laughs> thank you. Like anything, it's work, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, I, I remember seeing ads for like, I don't know if it's match.com or something, but their whole positioning was, hey, we're not just going to find anyone for you. You know, you're going to take an inventory. We're going to match people up based on your values. Um, how has th- how have things like online dating and those those dating sites like transformed the, the matchmaking business? And, you know, why? Why? It seems like everyone I know who's gone through that. You know, there's very few like true successes, meaning you know people who are you know, still together with that person today. Yeah, well, it has changed the matchmaking because um, you get to meet people you ordinarily would not meet in a kind of an automated system, and algorithms are very powerful in matching uh, likes and dislikes. But still, people have to have the um, the ability to know what their vision is in a relationship and what they want to experience. So it, it, um, although the online services are very valuable in helping people meet others who they wouldn't ordinarily meet through career or socially, there still has to be a sense of self and mindset and, and what it is that you desire to attract the kinds of people that will allow you to have a long-term lasting relationship. Yeah. And so that's where uh, a dating coach such as myself or a matchmaker such as myself can support people to make those kinds of choices. The algorithms cannot do that. Right. You still need that kind of human interaction. The, the artificial intelligence can only go so far. It can only go so far. It's very helpful. And it's very good at filtering, but you know, still you have to use your mind and your heart to make the final decisions. Right. It, you know, this reminds me when I was um, probably about ten years ago. You know, in addition to writing, I I, uh, I actually run market research studies all over the country, and I was hired by one particular brand who will remain nameless because uh, I'm sure they don't want me <laughs> talking about this project, but. They were really targeted towards, you know, they're known as a brand that your grandmother always used, right? She may have used it on her face before she went to bed or something like that. Um, so this brand really wanted to change their image, and they were doing a tie-in with a, a very popular book at the time that was called The Starter Wife. Um, and so it was really targeted towards, um, and that book was really, it really spoke towards women, you know, who may have been, consider themselves replaced by the younger model, so to speak. 
Um, and, and part of, part of, um, this brand's exploration into a new target was actually talking to recently divorced women in their forties. Cause now they wanted to get, they wanted to move away from being the, you know, the, the grandmother's tool to, you know, being more for, um, you know, uh, women in their forties and fifties. Um, so I was hired to actually interview a bunch of recently divorced women in their forties to just get a better understanding of what the dating world is like now versus when they were first married. So this was, if we think about it, this was 10 years ago. So we're really going back for many of them, 30 years, um, 30 years from now. Um, and you know, I, I, I walked out of these focus groups that I was running thinking to myself, my goodness, I don't think I ever, I mean, not that anyone wants to get divorced, but this kind of solidified it for me. Like, I don't know that I could deal with the dating scene again. Um, so, I mean, I imagine your, your clients come to you with a, a lot of fear and anxiety and, and a lot of questions. How do you, how do you help them through that? I mean, I imagine that that's, um, that's, that's a tricky state of mind to be in when looking for love the second time around. Right. Um, I handle it again by self-exploration and, Getting, helping them get clear on, on how they feel and what they would like uh, in the second time around. Because basically what we're doing is we are, with the woman, if you can imagine this metaphor, we're like going, to, when she's six years old or 20 years old, let's make her 20, we go in front of her closet and we look at all the clothes there and we say, okay, um, I'll say, Clara, take out your favorite dress now. Well, she says, it's this one, but I, and I say, okay, put it on for me. So let's see how it looks. Well, she either cannot wear the dress because her size has changed or the style is too youthful or too something and it, it's not becoming anymore. And so basically that's what we have to do is we have to bring her attitude and her mindset up to current time so that she can uh, move forward in her relationship and in her dating because things have changed, you know, in 15, 20 years, however long it's been since she was uh, on the dating circuit. And her, her ideas, what's important to her, have changed. I mean, she doesn't want the same things that she had at 20 that she does at 40. And if she does, um, then something's a little amiss. So we just have to get Clara in the current time and then move from there. Now, you, your book, Second Time Around, How to Date Your Right Man Blueprint, um, that came out, uh, when did that come out? In, earlier this year, correct? came out uh, at earlier this year, around February 2018. Okay, and uh, it, it's, it's reached bestseller status. Right. And I'm curious, what what kind of uh, encouraged you to start writing this one? Because your your first book was um, about yeah, about ten years ago, correct? Yeah. So yeah. so what encouraged you to write this one? Well, this one, I was thinking that um, some things had changed in that in that interim from 2008 to 2018, and I wanted to put these things in the book. It's kind of an it's an updated edition. There are some new concepts in there that weren't in the manifesting your soulmate. And basically the idea that, well, you know, the um, online sites have been around since the eighties, I believe. 
And a lot of um, people are starting to use them who are scammers. You know, we have catfish, you know, people who pretend to be one person and they're not. And we have many women who are lonely and and vulnerable, and some of them would uh, believe these people. Well, there's always signs of people who are not being authentic. And so I just think that people need to know that so that they don't waste their time. You know, there's this horror story of a woman who spent a million dollars of her savings over the course of her career on some scammer on a catfish, you know, and that that horrifies me, you know, she's worked very hard and then she just gave it away to this fellow who uh, was very, very smooth and very, very seductive and she was lonely. So she decided she would help him. No, we don't, we don't do that with strangers, especially strangers on dating sites. Right. You know, it's, so I don't want that to happen to women. So I've put in place some very um, practical down to earth um, techniques to protect yourself from scammers and other people who are, don't have your best interest at heart. Sure. What, what, what can men learn um, from what you teach, from what you teach women, you know, looking for love the second time around? I'm sure there's, there's some advice. I mean, if you could bend the ear of, of a guy um, who might be in the same boat, you know, what, what could they learn? Well, they can learn that they too are spiritual beings having a human experience. And it's important that they have in mind their vision of what they would like to experience in a relationship, what their desired outcome is from dating. And when two people, man and woman are clear on what it is that they want and and what experiences they want to have. It can look like this. I had a client in New York who had his list of what he wanted his woman to uh, have. And she had her list of what she wanted him to have. And so what they did was they put the list on the table and because they had done the work and were, had done the vision and were very clear on, on their, uh, their mindset and so forth, each one of them had all the characteristics that were on the list. (laughs) So they were able to uh, merge their lives and go on and have a good time. Yeah. (laughs) Great. That's a very serendipitous moment right there. Yeah, it was cool. Um, where, where can people find your book, your uh, book second time around how to date your right man blueprint? Well, they can shoot me an email at patricia at datingdiamonds.com and I'll send them a link for it. Or they can go directly to amazon.com. Second time around, Patricia Fuqua and the book will pop up there. Where So, I mean, I I assume, not assume, I mean, I know actually um, a lot of people who who are your target, you know, a lot of women who are, you know, they've either recently divorced or um, n- never really even found, you know, a, a long-term partner. Um, so, is, is are those, you know, is, is is your website a great a great place to go to in terms of if they wanted to to reach out to you personally? And and what what's that address? They would go to LinkedIn. I put everything on LinkedIn. LinkedIn dot com forward slash n. That's i n like Nancy forward slash 
Patricia Fuqua, F like Frank, U-Q-U-A. LinkedIn.com forward slash N forward slash Patricia Fuqua. And, and just, just to finish up here, Patricia, um, I know that, you know, writing, you know, from personal experience, you know, you learn a lot about yourself during the writing process. Um, you've written two books, and I know that you've uh, produced a television show as well. Um, so you probably have a lot of that self-discovery. You've done a lot of self-discovery. I'm curious if, if, you're, if, if the Patricia Fuqua today um, could write a letter and mail it back to your younger self. What's some of the advice you might give your younger self? Don't worry. Be happy. Enjoy your life. It's all good. Who who did who sang Don't Worry, Be Happy? Who was that? Do you remember? I think it was Bobby McFerrin. It was Bobby McFerrin. That's right. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. You know, the, the, now the video is playing in my head. I remember Robin Williams was in that, wasn't he? Yeah, oh, I believe boy. so. That's... Uh, yeah, sad story there. Um, any final words of advice? If you could give, you know, a single woman out there, um, let, let's pick a name. I'm going to call her Laura. If you could give Laura, who is, you know, in her mid-40s, some advice, first thing she should do uh, to find the man of her dreams is what? Decide what she wants to feel with this man. Decide what she wants the relationship to look like. And then we can um, make it happen, not make it happen, but we can, we can create it and we can move the blocks and, and let it and allow it into her life. Very good. It all starts with that, that visualization, that, that calling to mind um, your intention. Yes. Very Focusing good. on what it is that you really want, Laura. Very good. Well, let's. Uh, we, we will give this. I will make a copy of this recording and give it to Laura personally. How's that sound? Sounds great. <laughs> very good, Patricia. Thank you very much for your time and enjoy the rest of your day. I will. You as well. Okay. Bye now. Bye bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed my interview with Patricia Fuqua author of Second Time Around, How to Date Your Right Man Blueprint. And, of course, you can pick that up on Amazon.com. If you want to learn more about me, feel free to visit MichaelCarlinAuthor.com. That's Carlin with an O, not an I. And if you like what you heard today, please consider telling a friend about this podcast. We always love to hear that other people heard about us from a friend. So... For all of us here at Uncorking a Story, this is Mike Carlin saying thanks for listening and until next time.